Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost. This week's question comes from Stella, and she says, I know everyone is drugs right now, so it's not surprising that I'm not doing super well mentally. The exact problem, though, is that I'm starting to feel clinically depressed. After years of trying to find the right medication for bipolar, I've been mostly stable for four years. My worst fear is symptoms returning and my meds not working. I've been having a lot of problems with relationships, both close friends and lovers, and getting close to people and people straight up misunderstanding me. It might seem like I'm asking two different things, but I feel like these two things are feeding into each other. Can you please tell me anything about my chart that would give me insight into what I need to focus on to help me at this time? I know that's vague, but it's clarity that I'm desperately lacking. Thank you for all you do and give to the world. You're amazing. Thank you, Stella. Okay, so Stella was born June 1st, 1974 at 1220 p.m. in Toronto, Ontario. First and foremost, you know I'm not a therapist, right? I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And it's important that I reiterate that before I speak to this, that I hope you have good counselors and doctors that you can talk to about this because clinical depression and bipolar disorder are just, you know, they're things that require medical attention and care. So hopefully you're getting those things. And I will just add to that, that we can have a mental health crisis, a spiritual crisis, an astrological crisis all at once. And often, you know, honestly, they can come together. When that happens, it is always important that we take a multi-pronged approach. So I'm happy to answer this question, but hopefully this is just one part of your self-care and one part of your approach and that your approach does include whoever it is that prescribed you those meds and whoever it is that you see to help you support your mental health. Okay, that said... Let's get into your question. Broadly speaking, and what I'm about to say is not diagnosis, so do not run to your birth charts to check and see if you have this. But broadly speaking, when somebody has bipolar, they have a difficult Pluto aspect in their birth chart. The thing that we know is that bipolar disorder can be passed through family lines, and so often we can see the kind of heredity of bipolar. In your birth chart, you do have a Pluto square to your Saturn-Mercury conjunction, and it's really a tight conjunction and a tight square. Everything's at four degrees. The good news is that I don't see anything currently triggering that aspect in your birth chart, which for me is good news because it suggests, though of course is not conclusive, that your meds are probably going to hold up just fine, okay? Now, of course, common sense, critical thought at all times, I beg of you. Astrologically, there are reasons why your relationships are kind of all over the place. For you, when your relationships get sticky or problematic, it does tend to lead to depressive thoughts and feelings. And if you have a history with clinical depression, it's scary. It's so scary to have something uh, relapse or reoccur. And it's fair that you're scared. So let me share with you what's happening astrologically. Throughout 2021, you've been going through a Pluto square to your natal Uranus 
and a Pluto opposition to your natal Mars. So these two transits are very linked to each other because you have a tight Mars-Uranus square in your birth chart. So let's start with the the natal aspect. Having this Uranus-Mars square, it can incline you towards being a little bit impulsive, a little bit odd, and I think odd is beautiful, to be clear. However, it can easily lead to people misunderstanding you. Your energy with this aspect can run really hot, and so you can have impulsive or passionate urgent feelings and actions with other people that just kind of come out of you. This is only strengthened by the fact that Mars is the focal planet to a T-square between Uranus, Mars, Chiron, and Venus. Yes, Chiron and Venus are both opposite your Uranus and square to your Mars. So it really does play out around relationships. And when you are feeling impulsive or passionate or insecure can kind of be any of these complicated feelings. And to be fair, I would say that a global pandemic may trigger any of this. And then you're more likely to act in ways that surprise people. And when people are surprised, then you can feel misunderstood. And because of your Pluto square to the Saturn-Mercury conjunction, Feeling misunderstood for you ends up feeling like you're being abandoned, like people don't get you and they don't care. Because for you, when you don't understand others, you work really hard to try to figure things out. Not everybody's as tenacious as you are in this regard. So back to the transits. With Pluto opposite Mars, what's happening is there's an intensifying of your urgency and your intensity. And with Pluto square to Uranus, honestly, ditto. You're going through a period that is bringing up relationship issues from your past. You may want to look even as far back as the earlier mid-90s to see some of the themes that are playing out now as having played out then. This is not about the things that happened then are exactly what's going to happen now. It's more about those same themes and issues that were happening inside of you all those years ago when you were in your early 20s or late teens those same issues, I'm sure they've evolved over the course of time, but they're still within you. And those are getting triggered now by the Pluto square to Uranus. So what are you going to do, right? The first thing is to understand that people may be misunderstanding you, and that may be about them, and it may be about you. However, because of these Pluto transits, it is safe to assume that you're coming at things really intensely. You're coming at things really hot. And you may be approaching things in your life, and in particular people in your life, with an urgency that creates some measure of drama or overwhelms other people. It also can actually lead you to not being a good listener. And so this is something that's really sensitive for you because you are excellent at picking up on things. You're so perceptive. But that doesn't mean you're always a great listener. And that's because you're picking up on so much information, you're processing so many ideas all at once, that it can be hard for you to always really listen to what people are saying. And so you might be saying to me right now in this question, people are misunderstanding me. But what might be actually happening is people are saying, I don't agree with you. Or you did this thing and it felt different to me than you wanted it to feel to me. But that's my experience. Because you have a tendency when you're feeling really uh, activated to take things personally, it feels like you're being misunderstood 
when instead what's happening is people are simply not experiencing things the way you want them to be or the way you think they should be. So what do you do? Again, you make sure you're talking to a therapist and you're getting the support for your mental health that you need. But also this period, essentially through December of 2022, is meant to activate you. You know, it's been going on for a year. You got another year, year plus of it. It's meant to activate you. It's meant to challenge your relationship to your ego, to your sexuality, and to anger and frustration. These are very difficult topics for everyone and certainly for you. And in the context of being bipolar, anger and intensity and passion and urgency can sometimes present or feel like mania. Or if you're not comfortable expressing anger and irritation and aggression and all of these things, if feeling those feelings feels bad to you or you think it makes you bad, then it can present as exhaustion, depression, demoralization. This is kind of the underbelly of Mars that we maybe don't talk about enough. Mars is the planet that governs the body and, you know, fornicating and fighting and all this good stuff. But when it doesn't have a safe way to be expressed or experienced, it can show up in our lived experience in kind of the opposite way where we feel demoralized, exhausted. We don't know how to kind of get it up and get going. And this can feel a lot like depression. So none of this means you're not experiencing depression or that you are, but it does mean that if your feelings are so overwhelming or so upsetting that you then jump to conclusions or lose track of yourself in the fear that comes up around slipping back into, you know, mental health struggle, then it's almost like you end up making it worse. So the work for you is to practice slowing down and being present with, even breathing into, the intensity of your emotion when you're feeling it. When we feel intensely bad, what we want to do is we want to figure out why and we want to fix it. But when we're in a state of feeling intensely bad, especially in a Plutonian state of feeling intensely bad, we're in the worst moment to try to figure things out or fix them. And that is because our lens is too intense. We are too activated. When we're activated, we're not going to find great answers, right? Unless, of course, you know, that building is burning and there's zombies outside and you've got to figure shit out. Okay, great. Be activated. But in most experiences of life that are not life and death, what I want to encourage you to do is to try to recognize I'm really activated right now. I'm feeling really scared. I'm feeling really defensive. I'm feeling really depressed, whatever it is. And to see if you can slow down and notice where you feel it in your body or how you know you feel it. Just be with that. And if that's really hard to do, do it for 30 seconds. You know, put a timer on your phone, do it for 30 seconds. If you can tolerate it for five minutes, amazing. What you want to practice doing is being present with your emotions, not abandoning yourself in the intensity of your own emotions. And through this process, what you can do is find yourself a little bit get a little bit more of a grounding or a bit more of your center. And from that place, you'll be better able to see, am I having some sort of mental health issue and I need to, you know, seek the help I need or whatever it is? Or am I feeling shitty? Am I feeling really bad? And then I'm layering my terror of what that might mean about me over the shitty feelings. And now I feel a million times worse. 
It may be that some of the time it's the first option, some of the time it's the second option. We don't know, but it's a good practice. And what you can hopefully do over the course of these transits is be able to do this in relationship. When you express yourself to someone, a friend or a lover, and it's received poorly, to practice sitting with, this is what I said or did, this is what they said or did, and these are my feelings. While I'm activated, I'm only going to focus on my feelings. And it's not about fixing them or understanding them. It's about being with them. It's about sitting with them and bearing witness to them and understanding that by bearing witness to ourselves, what we're doing is we are not abandoning ourselves, further injuring ourselves, which is an act of self-soothing. From a place of self-soothing, you can maybe go from on a scale from one to 10, you can go from a nine, maybe to a seven. And you know what? A seven's still pretty fucking activated, but you have a lot more resources at a seven than a nine. From this place, you might be able to do it maybe a little bit longer. Maybe you can't. Okay, cool. Then you can start to be inquisitive with a friend. And instead of defending yourself and instead of explaining yourself, which Saturn-Mercury conjunction, especially in cancer, has a tendency to do, what you can do is ask questions. What was going on for you? How did you hear what I said? And just do an inquisitive fact-finding mission and listen. And then ask your friends, you know, or your lovers, can I respond to you tomorrow? Can I sit with it? And then make an effort to respond to what they say without defending and justifying yourself, but instead simply responding. So if your friend says, I felt like you were yelling at me, instead of being like, I wasn't yelling at you, say, I didn't feel that I was. I'm hearing that that's how it felt to you. I, you know, don't want you to feel unsafe or bad. And also, I want to be able to be intense with you since you're my close friend. So like, let's, can we figure this out together? In other words, taking a humble approach without shitting on yourself or minimizing your own needs and your own perspective, but not getting into all the details where you, again, defend and justify. You don't need to. And I agree with you that if your relationship life is a little less rocky, then your mental health will feel a little more stable for you. The fact that you're connecting these two things makes sense as I look at your birth chart. But here's the rub. Your relationships are in a state of upset. It is a bit of a dramatic time for your friendships and potentially for your love relationships. The reason why is because in your birth chart, you have Mars in the 11th house, the place of friendships, and transiting Pluto is in the fifth house, the place of lovers. So it's not shocking that this is playing out in your relationships. But just because there are upsets doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it does, but it doesn't inherently mean that. And so I want to really ground you into it's okay to have tumultuous times. We all go through fucked up transits. Life is hard. Life is complicated. And it's a fucking pandemic, right? There's a lot going on. And everybody is functioning out of some measure of survival mechanisms. We're all living through something really scary together. And it's okay that things feel destabilized. What you want to be able to do to the best of your ability is give yourself some grace to not always be your best self. You deserve it. We all deserve it. And also, because being hard on yourself certainly is a great way to move in a depressive direction. Now, I want to be clear again, if you are having a mental health crisis, I'm sorry I'm repeating it so much, but I cannot state it enough. 
If you are having a mental health crisis, there are certain things that you can do, like eat well for your body and drink all the water and whatever it is. There are probably some things that you can do physically to support yourself and mentally, emotionally, behaviorally to support yourself, you know, get enough sleep, all that kind of good shit. But there's no shame with having any health issue or any health problem. And when we have health problems, ideally what we do is we find trusted medical practitioners that can support us through the magic of science uh, and hopefully therapies and all that kind of good stuff. So again, even though I'm giving you all this advice, it's not instead of mental health support, it's hopefully in addition to mental health support, right? And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that's totally me and this all makes sense for me and then you take my advice and you practice it over the course of months and you're still feeling depressed, it doesn't mean you failed. You know, it's not it's not about that. I just want you to be uh, gracious with yourself and patient with yourself and through that process, support yourself on as many layers as you need to in whatever ways you need to. All this news about online companies taking advantage of their users is really demoralizing. That's why I want to tell you about Fight for the Future. They're a group of artists, engineers, and technologists who've powered the largest online protests in human history, defending our most basic rights in the digital age. They fight for a future where technology is a force for liberation, empowerment, and free expression, rather than oppression, tyranny, and corruption. To support their work and learn more about what they do, go to fightforthefuture.org. That's fightforthefuture.org. Hello, my darlings. Let's get astrological. And I'll apologize in advance in case my voice is a little hoarse. I just finished teaching a two-hour-long class on the 12th house. It was awesome. But, you know, when I talk this much, my voice sounds weird. Okay, this week we are looking at the astrology of... November 7th through the 13th of 2021. And you know it's eclipse season. It's Scorpio season. That just means there's so many emotions at play. And it's really important this week, as it is most weeks, to stay present with your emotions. But in particular this week, because as we gear up towards the first eclipse on the 19th of November, what you're likely to notice is that people are touchy everybody's a little touchy. You might not be sleeping as well. A lot of times around eclipses, people have weird sleep. And that's in part because the emotions which are tied to the unconscious and that which is, of course, deeply felt are being stirred. And that can that can fuck with your sleep. But it's also because people are just very much in their feelings. And Many of us are noticing patterns that we've been working on in our, you know, innermost personal life are being activated. That's an eclipse season for you. And so before we get into the details of this week's horoscope, I want to remind you that emotions are running high. You don't need any fancy way of handling it other than staying present and to the best of your ability, responding in a healthy way whenever you can, as much as possible. Act in a way that reflects your values. That full moon lunar eclipse is, of course, a moon in Taurus. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of reason to get aligned with what you value. And if you find that your life does not well reflect your values, you're likely to be having a lot of feelings about it now. That may not be fun, but there's a reason for it. If you're going in the wrong direction, then it should feel bad. That's what the wrong direction technically feels like most of the time. 
So take your difficult emotions and treat them as information. The key, of course, is the only way to unlock the information in your complicated or activated emotions is by being present with them first, without an agenda, just being present, bearing witness. Okay, so as I said, we are looking at November 7th through the 13th, and there's a lot to say. The first exact transits that I'm going to talk about happen on the 10th, but I will just say that the 7th through the 9th, we've got the moon in Capricorn. Uh, You know, it goes into Aquarius at 7 p.m. on Tuesday the 9th, in that specific time. And, you know, when the moon's in Capricorn, it's a good time to get pragmatic and to check in with your goals. And given that it's eclipse season and emotions are running high, I just want to give you a little nudge to start the week off concerned with whether or not the things you're doing feel right to you, or you need to maybe adjust the way you're doing what you're doing so that they feel better. Just throwing that out there. On the 10th, we don't have one transit. We've got three exact transits, and they're all connected to each other, as sometimes happens. Mercury will be forming an exact conjunction to Mars, both in Scorpio, and that's at seven degrees of Scorpio. Both Mercury and Mars are forming an exact square to Saturn in Aquarius. Okay, let's talk about it. When Mercury and Mars meet, our ideas get wrapped up with our ego, right? So my opinions on a matter, my approach to a matter, My attitudes, the way I express myself, my tone of voice, it's all Mercury. And Mars is the ego. Mars is like, what are you saying? Why did you say that? Why are you coming for me? Mars can be quite aggressive. It's the planet that governs anger and assertion and ambition and competitiveness, amongst many other things. And so when Mercury and Mars meet, what can happen is you fight with people. In particular, we want to pay attention to on and around the 10th, but we're really going to be feeling this shit all week long. If you want to pick fights with people uh, just as a way to make yourself feel better so you don't have to sit in your own irritability or depressiveness, then these are the transits for you, my friend. These transits can play out in a lot of different ways. Mercury conjunction to Mars, it triggers irritability, it can trigger defensiveness, it can incline us to jump to conclusions because it's in Scorpio. You may be uh, in particular feeling a little suspicious or paranoid, like other people are out to get you and the reason why they left you out of that text exchange was because they secretly hate you instead of they forgot, that kind of thing. And honestly, it's possible. It's possible that People's nefarious or unkind motivations are being highlighted by this transit. That's totally possible. The key is to manage your own suspicions, your own paranoia, to manage these things so that you're not acting out in response to them. Honestly, pay attention to your tone of voice because you are likely to snap. And if you're not the one who's doing this shit, then someone else is likely doing it to you or around you. So there's this potential for figuring something out, standing up for yourself, getting motivated and being brave, talking to someone new, having a -a flirt-a-thon that feels really fancy. Uh, You know, there's lots of fun potentials for the Mercury-Mars conjunction, but unfortunately, it's frustrating. And this is in part because Mars can make it that way, but it's in large part because these two planets are squaring Saturn. And Saturn is a confrontation with reality, and it requires maturity in order to deal with it in a correct way. 
And so you may see somebody doing some bullshit and getting away with it. You'll have a choice to make about how you engage with that, regardless of your situation and whatever you deem to be right or wrong. There's an important difference between standing up for justice or what is right and living in accord with your ethics and deciding that someone has something that you should have and therefore you're not going to let them enjoy it. In other words, acting out of jealousy or possessiveness, being punishing, these things are likely to get triggered by these transits, but are not great motivations. They're not great actions to pursue, and they will have consequences for you. And those consequences may not come this week, but they'll come. And so it's really important that you take responsibility for how you engage. Because emotions are likely to be pretty intense, defenses and irritability really high. And that again can be how you feel or the people that you're having to deal with. So how other people are feeling. Within all of this, you may feel like you don't have an, a choice. You may feel kind of like cornered. And it may be the case, you may be cornered, but even in the corner, you can act with integrity. You know, you can do your best. That, that's really what this transit wants us to do. And I say this transit because it is three transits, but it's all shaping up into a king rat kind of transit. And if you don't know what a king rat is, I am jealous. Don't look it up. Okay, so let's talk about this on a social level. On a social level, we may see some serious bullshit from people trying to uphold outdated systems. We may see people being rigid and punishing in how they try to uphold those systems. This is not a great set of transits to be happening in the context of the social and political climates that so many of us are living under. And so it is important, again, to make sure that you are participating in the system in a way that is constructive. Why constructive? Because it's fucking Saturn, you know, and Mars and Mercury can both be very impulsive. Saturn is the damn hammer. So if you're going to engage, make sure it's constructive and whatever you define as constructive. It doesn't have to be my definition. It has to be yours. There is this way that whenever we're dealing with Saturnship, there is a call to be mature, to take responsibility. And that requires you to check in with what you're doing, making sure that you're not just following impulses or other people or displacing your emotions onto other things because it's a misuse of the energy at hand. So we may see a bunch of bullshit around this time. If you are politically minded, this is a great time to be activated and it's not a great time for results. So be patient. So many of the ails, the systemic ails of our time and that we are all very aware of, uh, some of us a lot more than others, but that we are all very aware of uh, that exist in societies. You can dedicate your whole entire life to them, you know, every day of your life to them. And the chances that it will be resolved in your lifetime, eh, not super strong. When we are dealing with systemic issues, they take generational shifts in order to change them. And so I want to remind you to be patient with the progress that you see in the world and to not let the slow pace of collective change to stop you from trying to make collective change happen. And the same thing applies to your personal life. Progress is progress. It doesn't matter how small. The progress you make today may be that you weren't mean to yourself when you didn't make progress today. 
<laughs> you know, however big or small it is, don't minimize the value and the importance of whatever progress you are making. Again, this is part of taking responsibility and it's part of being mature. It's a difficult part, but it's a part nonetheless. Now, Mars square Saturn brings up really intense frustrations, right? And Mercury square Saturn can be really difficult and stilted conversation or communication. It's a bad combination because we're not likely to understand each other and it's likely to be really frustrating. Fights can occur at this time and unfortunately they can go in a really kind of destructive, not constructive direction. If you are the one who just like barfed your ideas at people or barfed your frustrations at people, you may need to uh, apologize. And as we know here at Ghost of a Podcast Industries, the best apology is an amends. It's doing things differently, acknowledging your part and doing things differently moving forward. That's the best kind of apology we can possibly make. So these transits may mark an occasion where you've got to do that. And humility, I got to say, is such a gift, such a gift, because guilt makes you feel terrible. It's self-obsession, and it does nothing to help you make things better or different. Finding ways away from guilt and into accountability is a game changer. It makes you feel better. It makes you a better person in the world, and it makes it easier to take risks to be the kind of person you want to be. Win, 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 slash also, I'm making this transit sound a little better than it is maybe, so sorry about that. It's an opportunity for growth and change, but it is a frustrating one. If you encounter delays or, you know, upsets, anything that basically makes you feel trapped or like you can't have the things you want or you can't do the things you want to do, don't worry. These transits will pass. It's not forever. And again, the best thing to do is to focus on how you manage these experiences, how you process these experiences, and the kind of maturity and responsibility you take with them. And one last thing I'll say here, and it's Mercury conjunction to Mars is going to be a tricky time on social media, I imagine, because people will be quick to take offense, quick to jump to conclusions, quick to say shit and start shit. So if you don't want to be a part of shit, don't get involved. There's going to be a lot of hot collars around this date. So choose your battles wisely. And remember, somebody disagreeing with you is not your enemy, not inherently, not inherently, sometimes, but definitely not inherently. Okay, so the next exact transit this week is on the 12th, and it is a sun trying to Neptune. What a lovely transit. It increases empathy. It makes us more sensitive to others' needs and feelings. It is a wonderful time to step in nature, take off your shoes, be a hippie for a minute, let your feet touch the earth, hug a goddamn tree. This transit is just lovely for spiritual work and relaxing. If you need to catch up on sleep, Neptune will help you with that. That's nice. And in the context of this week's astrology, it's likely to just be a little bit of a breath of air. If you've got to apologize for something, this transit will help you with that. It kind of decenters the ego, which we really need this week because not only the transits I just told you about, on the 13th, we have another exact transit. It is a Mercury opposition to Uranus. This transit, 
can be a little chaotic because Mercury and Uranus are both related to your nervous system in different ways. And when they're opposite each other, it can really make a person feel just nervy, like overwhelmed, stressed out, uh, tense and jumpy. And if you're an accident prone person, uh, yeah, it can stimulate that too, uh, unfortunately. So definitely what you want to do is pay attention to what you're saying and what you're doing on and around the 13th. And in particular, if you're feeling trapped, if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling irritable or angry, uh, you really want to pay attention on your bicycle and your car, that kind of stuff. And this transit is a little bit stressful because what it does is it makes people feel tense and scattered. And that is a difficult combo platter, right? This is only made more complex by the fact that we're dealing with all this Mars, Mercury, Saturn stuff all week. So now that Mercury is opposite to Uranus, the tension and the blocked energy that Saturn may have provoked is being thrown in fizzy water, if you will, by Uranus. And so it's it's a big shift in energy that can be very frustrating and can make you feel like you don't know what's real or what to do. Unfortunately, things can come at you kind of quickly under this transit. So again, it can be tense. This is not a great time for making plans, especially for things that you want to be stable and secure, because Uranus does not favor that. This is not a great time for major processing, like touchy-feely emotional processing, although things may come up around this date. The thing to know is that Uranus upsets plans, and Uranus destabilizes our thinking a little bit which honestly can be awesome. I personally really enjoy this transit because it opens up your thinking. It can make it easier to see new perspectives. It can allow you to consider things from new angles. And it creates a little bit of excitement uh, that, you know, unrest does. I'll be honest, a lot of people really don't like this transit. So don't take my word for it. But uh, it is absolutely an opportunity for you to practice being flexible. <laughs> One way or another, that's what the transit wants. This transit can also trigger anxiety. So if you're prone to nervous tension, or if you're feeling really tense and nervy, don't worry, it's not going to last forever. It's the transit. What we want to do if you're feeling really stressed and nervy is to breathe. It's to use like whatever techniques you have, whatever you've researched, whatever you have in your toolbox to take care of yourself or to care for your environment or your situation. It's to use your resources and to use them in a flexible and appropriate way for whatever you're going through in this moment. Both Uranus and Mercury are very adaptable planets, but when they sit opposite each other, they want to adapt in different ways. And so if you're feeling scattered, mixed, whatever, again, it's the transit. It's an opportunity for you to prioritize clarity. And it's not like you're likely to get it around this date, but the pursuit of it is the thing to point yourself towards. Now, on a more social level, it's a continuation of the Mercury-Mars-Saturn-Mishagas. So the Mercury opposition to Uranus can throw in propaganda, unexpected shifts. Uh, this transit can 
create upsets in the world. And it can even be connected to premature reporting. So, uh, you know, some new source may publish something before it's been fully vetted or fully sourced or something like that. So we want to be critical thinkers at this time. If you see news and it incenses you, check the date, check the source, you know, use your common sense. Whatever it is that starts on and around this date is not reliably stable. It's not reliably going to last. So if somebody gives you a contract and it's for something at all important to you, I would encourage you to wait a couple few days, you know, push that off a little bit if you can. And if you can't, just be really sure that you can get out if you need to get out of whatever agreements you're getting into. The last thing I'll say about this transit is that it can be a great time for meeting new people and meeting exciting new people or people who are really different than the folks that you're typically around. So, you know, be open, be open, see what happens. Just don't make any commitments based on what comes up around this date. And that's it for this week, my friends. Uh, Let me run through these transits one more time for you. On November 10th, we have three exact transits. Mercury is exactly conjoined to Mars. And both Mercury and Mars are square to Saturn. On the 12th, we have a Sun trine to Neptune. And on the 13th, Mercury is exactly opposite to Uranus. This energy, you know, as a whole can be pretty stressful and chaotic. It is important that you evaluate your ideas and make sure that you're holding and expressing them in ways that are generative and constructive for yourself and the world. And when they're not, to show a little humility and a little adaptability. As always, I thank you so much for joining me here on this love letter that I speak to you week after week, Ghost of a Podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, please do. And, uh, you know, give me a five-star rating. Why don't ya? Stars and uh, kind reviews really do help this little DIY podcast. So thank you in advance. And post if you've already reviewed and starred. Thank you so much. If you want to learn more with me, you can do so by buying my book, Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. You can also join me over on Patreon, where I post a bunch, and uh, on Instagram. You can also subscribe to my Astrologer's Pro Tool, Astrology for Days. It's the tool that I wish I had in the 90s when I was first learning astrology. And I am so grateful to have now, wherever you're at in your study and workflow with astrology, astrology for days, honestly, I think it's a pretty fucking cool tool. Check it out at (laughs) astrologyfordays.com. It's on the internet. Have you heard of it? All right. Saying goodbye. It's such sweet sorrow. But to you, I say adieu. Every year they say the end is near But we're still here